0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: We're flying from London to New York. How long is it going to take? Eight hours, plus or minus a little bit, but it's in that range, yeah? Well, for years, there was a plane that could make that trip in under three and a half This is sound from that plane. One of my favorites, Concorde or the Concorde, depending on who you talk to. Most of you probably remember, but if you're on the younger side, maybe you've only seen one of these in a museum or pictures. I've always wondered, what was it like in there? So we're going to find out because I've got questions. I am excited for today. We have three former Concorde pilots for British Airways. There is a lot to talk about. There is not that much time. So we're gonna bounce back and forth between all of them. Say hello first to Andy Mills.
2: I joined the fleet in 97,
1: and I was there right through to the end. Richard Westray.
3: Flew Concorde as captain between 1998 and 2003. And
2: Mike Bannister, former chief Concorde pilot. But I also flew Concorde from the very early days, 1977. And I've recently published a book called, surprisingly, Concord. It's a bit about me, a bit about the airplane, a bit about the intrigue and the politics and that awful crash in Paris and the trials which followed it. Now, settle into the airport here as we do a little history first. Give you a
1: baseline or maybe a refresher course. Pull up a picture if you need to, and you can see this thing was built for speed. That's why it looks the way it does. It is sleek. The delta wing is a triangle. Those engines, the nose that moved up and down. This was supersonic flight. Most planes you're on, they're under 600
2: miles an hour. This one, full blast... 1300. Well it's amazing because the airplane was fundamentally designed in the 1960s and yet it still looks futuristic today. It also flew higher 60,000 feet instead of the usual
1: 35,000. What I'm trying to say here is we are in the territory of engineering marvel.
3: It's like being a bus driver being given a Ferrari or Formula One car. It's like
1: trying to hold back a rocket. You remember your first time I mean, who am I
2: kidding? Of course you all do.
3: Sitting in the seat as a captain, yeah, it was fantastic.
2: 15,000-foot runway, weather was perfect, and boy, did she go. The captain sitting next to me at the time said, Right, Mike, climb straight ahead and level off at 2,500 feet, if you can. I don't think anybody's ever achieved that. So throttles fully forward, literally push back into your seat. The next thing I knew... I'm at 4,000
1: feet. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We all do that. So it's fast on takeoff, faster than a normal plane over land, and then the ocean. Supersonic stuff, that happened over the ocean, because most people, they don't like sonic booms over their house, so they really picked up speed over the water. This was basically Paris to New York on Air France, London to New York on British Airways. So take me to the moment where you did
2: break through. When you broke that sound barrier, what happens? Well, that's the thing. All a bit of a non event, really. There was absolutely no physical sensation whatsoever. Yeah, this part surprises a lot of people. All the pressure instruments on the flight deck all did a kind of a twitch as the shockwave established itself and moved up and down the fuselage. So, would you say something? <laughs> um. I think generally is a matter of interest, yes, you know, you want to big it up because it's a really a massive achievement. Something along the lines of, ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking, we're now approaching the point where we're going to start our acceleration to supersonic speeds. This we do by opening up our engines again to full power, and very soon after that you'll see the indicators in the cabin going through Mach 1, the speed of sound. After that? up to Mach 2. Again, so high you can kind of make out the curvature of the Earth, the sky above you darkens. And the real demonstrations of that speed came when you'd overtake a conventional airplane, crossing the Atlantic from, let's say, London to New York, they're pointing the same way. They're on the same route. They're going to New York. But we're overtaking them, so they appear to fly backwards in the sky. The first time you see that, you can hardly believe it. Who flew this thing?
1: Well, those who
2: could afford to.
1: Actually, not that big inside. Go into one in a museum if you can. Not like first class today. I mean, it was nice, but it was two by two. About 100 passengers. Not a wide-body aircraft.
3: And I have to say, it was a tight fit. Yeah, the conditions can be a bit cramped.
1: Even the windows, pretty small. But again... Money or business travel.
2: So those guys, you know, fly to New York in the morning, fly over meeting two or three hours at the airport and then fly home again. That was a regular occurrence. Plus, of course, you arrive at the other end one hour and 40 minutes before you left.
1: And if it wasn't that, it was celebs or royalty.
3: Okay, well, my unique story is that I was flying back from New York to London and I noticed that our then Prince Charles had brought his partner, Camilla Parker Bowles, a Concord ticket. And the story was that she was a bit of a nervous flyer, so she didn't want to be in the air too long. I offered what we call the jump seat to her for takeoff, and she leapt at the chance. She was an extremely chatty person and a very friendly sort of person. And she said, it's nonsense being trying to fly, and I just can't fly eight hours without a cigarette. So um, we had a great time on that flight. And now, of course, she's the Queen of England.
1: Yeah, got a new job. Curious about the flight attendants, also cramped for them. But again, this was still like super high-level service.
3: I think they loved it because they loved looking after the fancy people. And uh, I think quite a number of them became good friends with uh, some of these. Before 9-11, when the flight deck door was open, we used to have to help by having trolleys on the tunnel that led up to the flight deck, teapots on the floor the galley was so small.
1: I did do some fishing around, pulled one of the last menus. Three vintage champagnes on board, Scottish smoked salmon and caviar. Breakfast meant truffle and mushroom for your omelet. A prime filet, lamb or lobster. Those were your lunch choices. Also, buttermilk panna cotta or a selection of cheeses for dessert. And if you flew, you got a souvenir. Paperweight, notebook, photo frame, letter opener, coasters, bags, flight certificates. I may have some of these on a watch list on eBay. Back to you guys. Did you also feel like rock stars? I mean, like swagger through the terminal or what?
2: Well, yes. I mean, I think there are fewer Concorde pilots, people point out to me, than there are astronauts. Absolutely privileged and honored to have had the opportunity. Pretty much every pilot would like to fly Concorde, but not every pilot wants to spend their career on it because if you want to spend your time seeing the world, ironically, Concorde's not the airplane for you. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I guess that's true, huh? You're just doing the speed runs basically back and forth. You're not exactly going to Mykonos. So what happened in the end? Did it run its course? I mean, still amazing, but 27 years. Or was it money? Or look, we did have the crash with Air France. They've made documentaries about this. There's plenty to read online uh,
2: if you're interested in that. But were people losing faith? The issue for us is the cost. It was clear that Air France were going to pull out of the project and that all of the costs associated it that had been split between the two airlines would fall on British Airways.
3: You know, there were optimists and pessimists on the fleet, and I think the optimists were always thinking it would go on. But I I was possibly on the side of pessimists. I flew our CEO a few times, and he told me then, you know, the writing's on the wall with it. I still remember when I saw one land and the nose had drooped down so they could see the runway,
1: because it was so long and so streamlined, you had to bring it down a few degrees so you could see where you were going. But, I mean, you
3: must still get it all the time when people find out. It still rubs off. I live in a small village in Dorset, and I'm known in the pub as the guy that flew Concorde. And we obviously, as crew, took terrific pride. I don't know, the sheer achievement, really.
1: Yeah, second time we've heard that word, huh? I think that's probably the theme here. Gotta go, but
2: a final moment? you want to leave us with? I guess the one that I really remember most doesn't involve flying supersonically at all. It was Her Majesty's, the Queen's golden jubilee, the 50th anniversary of her coming to the throne. And I was honored and privileged to fly that aircraft in close formation with the Royal Air Force aerobatic team, the Red Arrows, I guess the equivalent of the US Blue Angels. So we were going down the mall at just a thousand feet. At that height, you could see everybody. And then as we came within the end of the mall outside Buckingham Palace, you could see Her Majesty standing on the balcony in this flame orange outfit clearly visible and waving away. You don't kind of get to do those things every day. It was one of the key concord moments of my career. That's it.
1: There won't be another, unless, of course, there will be there have been plans for successors different companies one now boom supersonic you can look them up they're working on bringing back faster than sound passenger travel for various reasons though we probably won't be going as fast as concord did it was a different time but we did it that i think that's pretty cool thanks for being here also told you about the new show that's coming in the fall we have a name which is a clue as to what it's going to be but you're going to be looking for something called do you work here it's going to be really fun